Welcome to the Profit First for Contractors mini-series here on Builder Funnel Radio. In this series, I team up with Sean Van Dyke to walk you through his Profit First for Contractors system in detail. If you're not making a profit or just not making as much profit as you'd like to be in your construction business, stay tuned. And if you don't know Sean, Sean is a construction business coach, an international keynote speaker, and author of two books, Profit First for Contractors and The Paperwork Punch List. Most contractors are not profitable, which makes them feel uncertain about what they need to do to grow their construction businesses. Sean believes construction business owners should be as good at business as they are at their craft. And that's why after 20 plus years of owning and operating multiple construction businesses, Sean became a construction business coach. He now works with construction business owners, executives, and managers all over the world and shows them how to stop losing profits and wasting time. Sean helps contractors get their lives back. He is also the founder of the Built to Build Academy, which creates confident construction business owners through educational training and mentoring programs so that you can start, grow, and build a profitable construction business. Now stay tuned for the Profit First for Contractors mini-series here on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Profit First for Contractors here on Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode four of season one. Sean, welcome back. Hey, Spencer, thanks for having me back again. And thanks for everybody that's uh, that's tuned into this whole series so far. If uh, this is your first one, then go back and listen to the other the other three. They are, they're they're incredible. I mean, they're stellar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you haven't listened to them yet, we can say that, right? Like they're, I like that. They're stellar. (laughs) That was the first word that popped into my mind. So it must, it must be true. Yeah. (laughs) It has to be true. I heard it on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, But today we're going to, we're going to shift gears just a little bit uh, from profit and uh, the accounts and kind of, we got really deep in the weeds on that and into some good stuff, but we're going to talk about something that I think all of us uh, either struggle with or have struggled with, and that is time management. And especially today, I feel like with all the distractions and notifications, you know, you've got email and social media and texts and all these things. So it's so easy to get derailed. But uh, yeah, Sean, where, where do we start with this topic? Are there some like common traps that you see that just, you know, we all fall into with distractions and things that suck away our precious time. Yeah. And and really uh, being able to effectively manage your time. I don't even like, I don't even like that term, but if I created some other term, people wouldn't know what I'm talking about. It's really about time prioritization, like establishing priorities. And when I work with my clients, it's actually the first system that we put in place a little self-serving to me as a business coach because you have to create time in your business schedule <laughs> to show up and get coaching and do the, the put the systems in place that we're working on. But it really, when you're done with a coaching program, then you fill in that time with the other things that you need to work on in your in your business. And so that the common traps that that I find, and I suffered from this too until I I use this same time management um, system that we're going to be talking about here in my own business and in my own construction businesses before I started this is we all have the tendency to react to the urgent because it's urgent. It's in our face. This thing needs to be done. This fire needs to be put out. 
Um, I, I talk about it when I teach it in some seminars as the crying babies. So I've got five <laughs> kids and early on, and you're, you know, you're a new parent or newish parent, right? Yep. yep. And you so, just turned one. So I'm getting, okay. Familiar. So you're still, still in, a rookie, but yeah, yeah, no, you're still in that phase. <laughs> then, then either you or your wife or both of you have de- probably developed that ability that when your baby, your poor little baby starts crying, I'm saying like that first breath, like someone's already darting down the hallway or, you know, or whatever, right? We're reacting to the crying babies. Um, and because we have to, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's life can be miserable if we don't learn how to calm the baby down. But by the time you get to five kids, the crying <laughs> babies, you're just like, oh, turn the monitor off. We know yeah. they'll be fine. Right. Yeah, so we're, yeah. so we're all like kind of those new parents. Uh, when we're starting with time management uh, and we react to the urgent things. And then we realize that if we can get outside of ourselves and realize not everything is urgent because your your listeners out there, there's some urgent things that are on their to-do list. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And you know, you know, you're not going to get to them. So guess what? They're not urgent. In fact, yeah. if they don't ever get done, they're, they probably should be way, they shouldn't be on the list at all. But right now they're occupying space in your brain and some level of stress in your body, carrying these urgent things around, just trying to react to them. So yeah. we all yeah, fall into I, thinking that because it's on a to-do list, then we have to somehow give it some kind of attention when a lot of that stuff doesn't need to be on there. Yeah. Over the years, that really resonates with me because you, you build your list and you, you know, you're working off project lists and you're pulling over your active to do's or whatever system you use. And then you realize like after a week or two, there's these like three or five items that just kind of keep hanging around and they never keep getting done. You're going, well, do I need to get these done? Or, or, you know, why are they just hanging here? But to your point, like if it's urgent, like it will get done because there's usually a deadline or a, you know, a consequence or something uh, that will happen if you don't get it done. Right. And, and you had said it too, like, Hey, we, we all ask ourselves that when we, if we're working, I don't do to-do lists, to-do lists don't work. They're scientifically proven not to work. And we don't have enough time to go get into an exercise that I could prove it to everybody. <laughs> but, um, so I'll just kind of leave that now hanging. I'm curious, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're nice. curious. So, so you say, well, why are these things? Why are these things still on my list? And it's because you have to understand how the brain works. The brain is wired to conserve as much energy as possible. It does not want to burn calories in order to uh, think about things. And so, when you have a to-do list full of a bunch of random stuff on there, then our brains want to go to the easiest thing to understand first. And the easiest thing to understand are usually the small, simple tasks on our to-do list. So we focus on those and we have a tendency to do those. And here's the other reason, because our brains and our bodies are dopamine addicts. And so when there's a little shot of dopamine, every time we check off a box on the to-do list, and now I'm going to hit some of your listeners square in the eyes. Maybe you too, right? We've all <laughs> probably, you, yeah. Yeah. If you're working <laughs> off of a to-do list, we have all done it where we have written things on the to-do list that we have already done just so that we can check them off. Now, do you do that, Spencer? I have done that. Have I don't done do it anymore. Yeah, right. Thank and goodness. The, but I know many people like that because they're list completers or that's like how they... I guess self-associate, you know. That's right. And we want to feel good. We want to feel Mm -hmm. that little hit of dopamine. You might not even realize you're doing it. (laughs) 
and you put things on your list that you've already done or you're already planning to do. Meaning like, let me put on my list here, make to-do list, take a shower, breathe, eat some breakfast. Like you're going to do those things anyway, but it makes us feel good to look down the list and and say, oh, we've gotten all these things done. The other problem with to-do lists is they're usually random and so they don't have or they're not organized and there's no context of time. So that's what we're talking about here. There's there, so you so instead of if you're a big fan of to-do lists, then when I say instead of writing them on a list, try to write them on a calendar. Assign them a day and a duration. So I'm going to do this thing at this time and it's going to take me this long. And what you'll find is you'll say, "Well, I'm not going to put this thing on a, on my calendar and occupy space because it's only going to take me five minutes to do it. Exactly. So if it's only a five minute sort of thing, it doesn't need to be occupying space on a to-do list because it, you're not going to, you're not going to get to the important things that, that really, that really matter. And that's why you should take and group and we get into the details of this. You should group all of those small little tasks and just assign them one block of time on your calendar and say on Mondays from nine to 11, I deal with all of the little insignificant stuff that I got to clean up so that the rest of my week or whatever is focused on these big, important things. So I'm not saying don't make a to-do list, although, well, I I really am saying (laughs) don't make a to-do list, put all of the insignificant stuff in a certain block of time and do it in a focused time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I like that, you know, and it's interesting. I I don't think I'm all the way there yet on what you're describing, but, uh, since having Carter, I've, uh, used the calendar more because I intentionally wanted to block off a time I left work to go spend time with him before he goes to sleep at 6 PM. Uh, I don't know why he goes to sleep that early, but that doesn't leave a lot of time if I normally, you know, if I just left at my normal time. And so, um, by doing that, you find you, you start compressing and you get those other things done in a shorter amount of time, but I still, I think I have room for improvement, but is your, I guess where you're going with this is no lists, basically just everything's on the calendar and then you're just showing up and executing, uh, even if it's a bunch of little stuff, like it's in an hour block or a two hour block or whatever that is. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying that you don't make to do, to, to do lists. I, I certainly make lists of things that say, Hey, these are, these are some things that, you know, I need to make sure I don't forget. Right. Sure. But, but I'm going to, so I get them out of my head, but I'm not using it. I'm not working off of that. I'll take that, that list of stuff and then I prioritize it and put it onto a calendar because I, I've always said this, what's important gets scheduled and what's scheduled gets done. And the way that I will present this, especially a lot of times when I'm traveling to conferences and there's a room full of construction business owners and managers and they're, we're all busy. We, we all, we all, and this is always my most popular uh, session. It was one of the top 10 attended at IBS and it's, and I'll be doing it again this year at uh, JLC and some other, some other functions. And it's always, the room's always packed is don't worry. Everybody suffers from this. Um, but, when you show up for an effective time management course at a conference like that, I always ask people like, Hey, what did you have to do in order to be here? Yeah. Because if you weren't here, you'd be doing something else. And so we talk about it or whatever. And I say, okay, you've already proven to yourself that you can effectively manage your time better because if you weren't here, you'd be doing a bunch of urgent stuff or whatever, but this was important. 
Mm -hmm. you showed up here, which meant you probably had to communicate with your team. You're going to be gone for a day or so. You had to buy a plane ticket. You had to reserve a hotel room. You had to do all of these other things because this thing ended up on the calendar. This thing is important. So the important thing, when it gets on the calendar and gets scheduled, then it gets done. So you got to take a look and back out and say, first, I'm going to put the important things on my schedule. Then I'll fill in around that with all of the other stuff that I have to do. And when I say important things, I'm not putting a list of tasks. I'm saying, what are the important things that I need as, and you can, this applies personally as well, as a business owner, as a father, as a husband, as a friend or whatever, and say, okay, for my business, let's say there, like we'd said before in other episodes, business starts with sales. If I'm the salesperson, when am I doing sales? Like, what are some blocks of time? Because I, I know I'm not doing sales all day long every day. I'm not a salesperson. It just happens to be one of the roles that I, that I play. It's one of the hats. Yeah. It's one of the hats. So I'm going to put that hat and I'm going to put it on my calendar when it's most convenient for me. That really hits a lot of contractors. They're like, well, wait a minute. Aren't we supposed to make it convenient for your customers? No, (laughs) you make it convenient for you because here, when you make it convenient for your customers, here's what happens. You end up working weekends and evenings, meeting with them and doing all of doing all of that kind of stuff. And it's actually not very professional. And the reason I say that is like your best ideal client, you you know, high end, everybody wants high end clients or whatever. Great. When, when they need to get an oil change, what do they do? They go make an appointment or they take time off during their lunch or they take time off of work to go get their oil changed. When their kid has dentist, a cavity, you know, yeah, pediatrician. right. They don't call them up and say, Hey, can I swing by after? Cause it's more convenient for me. Right. And for contractors, we're just like, we just so reactionary. And no, that's not to say that you, you got, to, you have to be, you have to be in people's homes, especially if you're a remodeling contractor, or you have to meet them on the job site for, you know, new, new home builders or whatever. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but you're a professional just have them make an appointment with you and say, here's when we do fill in the blank sales call on-site meetings or whatever, and let them just react to your schedule. This is what I say is I think 99% of most people do not have control of your, their own schedule. So if you're part of the 1% that does, people will just default to yours. Yeah, at least that's adapt. where I'm going yeah. <laughs> to, at least that's where I'm going to start out at. Hey, you want to meet? Well, I do these site meetings on Tuesday mornings from nine to 11 or Thursday afternoons from three to five. How do those work for you? And let them say, no, that doesn't work for me. And then come up with another time. But you'll find that people will say, oh yeah, I can make that work because they make appointments with other professionals and they make it work. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And uh, that is something that I implemented last year was just having people can book time on my calendar, but you know, it used to just be wide open and it was just like chaos. And, uh, but then it was like, okay, I'm blocking off like one or two days or sections of days. And then suddenly people were just booking two or three weeks out because that week didn't work, you know, and you realize that, you know, Oh, other people can wait too. They called me today, but it's not like, you know, 
if there's no other options, they're going, okay, yeah, I'll just, yeah. I'll meet next week. <laughs> it just, it, so. cause it, it makes it easier uh, mm-hmm. for them. It's really the path of least resistance. And I always say I'm the same way it is, is to block out my calendar and to make appointments available. And I always tell somebody, Hey, if these don't work, if these times don't work for you, let us know. Yeah. We'll work around it. And want literally 10% of the time, we'll jump through some hoops to some, you know, for some, and I travel a lot too. So that's just part of what I have to do. But the same thing for contractors, just come up with a sales time and just tell them, Hey, we do this time and this. And again, what's convenient for you and convenient for your business. And then your customers will fall in line. And sometimes, you know, we got to go out Wednesday evening, but I'm only running out Wednesday evening when it's the right client in the right neighborhood with the right architect, with the right budget. Right. But then yep. when I know that I'm working late on Wednesday evening because I'm out on a sales call and I own the business, I'm telling my team, by the way, I'm going to be out working this evening, getting business for everybody, making sure we all stay employed. So I'm coming into the office later because we can always just work a 16 hour day. So on those days, I've got blocked out. Hey, I might have a late sales meeting. I'm coming into the office late because I'm going to take my kids to school. Or I'm going to have dinner or a breakfast with my spouse, or I'm just not going to work. And that's another very important part of effectively managing your time. In fact, it's the, really the key to making it work is blocking out open time. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. So before we get to open time, I'm curious just because uh, I know this happened to me and I, I'm assuming maybe some other people too. But so say you start blocking off, you know, you got your important stuff on the calendar and then you have a couple of these blocks of like, bundled sections of random stuff. Um, And so I've got on my calendar and I'm going through my day and then something comes up, you know, that, you know, email, you know, Slack message, text, whatever, distraction, phone call. And so it breaks me away from the scheduled thing. And then boom, now you're kind of like out of system and those things need to get put somewhere else. So then you end up either reshuffling or it just like crushes the whole system. So what, uh, is that just a lack of discipline and in, in staying to the schedule or is there something else going on there? Yeah. I mean, what you really need to do is you gotta, you've got to identify the distractions and it, it's, I know it sounds crazy, but email distraction, phone calls, distraction, distraction, um, some meeting, unplanned meetings, distractions. And so the way that I describe it is you have to imagine that every person that interacts with you, whether they're physically coming into your office or your workspace, and and this isn't just for people in the office. This is how you need to train your employees too. Someone's coming into your workplace and everybody's bringing a circus monkey with them. And it's sitting there on the shoulder and they want to take that circus monkey off of their shoulder and they want to put it into your workspace. And what that looks like in the real world is a question, an email, a phone call or whatever. And they're not intending to train wreck your day or your level of focus, but they want to leave that circus monkey in your workspace and then walk away and let you deal with it. And I had a lead carpenter that taught me this lesson when, as he described the circus monkey, that's where I kind of learned it from. He just, he just got good at saying like it's seeing people coming into his workspace, seeing that monkey on their shoulder. And he would just think, it's not my monkey. It's not my right. circus. Like I'm not yeah. dealing with it. And, and so you just have to, you have to categorize this is a distraction or this is really, this is uh, it's really comes from the, the four quadrants from Stephen Covey's book, the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, and again, without getting all the deep in all the details, there are things that you need to 
make decisions on where you need to do your thinking. There's the things that you need to do. And that's where most of us get trapped. Uh, but there are things that we need to do. There are things that we need to delegate to others and then things that we need to delete. So we want to look at distractions and delete as many of them as possible, especially for the, for the business owner. So email, hey, we're going to have to respond to email. I'm just going to do it in a certain amount of time, in a certain block of time where I say, it, I won't be distracted from other important things. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And just a quick note on that too. Uh, for a period of time, I was working through uh, the Pomodoro technique and that one you work in basically intervals of 25 minutes and there's some scheduled breaks. But one of the things I think whether you do that or not, that's super helpful was um, basically letting people know that that's a system you're following and that when you're in the middle of one of those time chunks, you can't be interrupted. You literally are working on that and they can access you later or they know when they can access you. And I find that with, you know, your team, that's helped me a lot. It's like, Hey, if you know, my headphones are in, that's like the signal that I'm in that zone or, or if the door is closed, I try to have the door open a lot, but it, like it, th there's some signals. And if those signals are up, then you, you train the rest of your team to not bring you, you know, the monkeys or the distractions and those sort of things. So yeah, you have uh, to, you have to train. Yeah, exactly. You have to train your team, but they also need to know why. Yes. And, and if you explain to your team why, then they start copying you and then you can ask them, Hey, especially when you're starting this out, if, if this is resonating with some folks who are like, hey, I really need to get better at that. Then, you know, when you get starting this out, make sure you tell people why it's important so they can see, they'll see you change. And then you get to approach them and say, Hey, let's talk about how you're handling your schedule because they've seen it be effective for you. And then you can help them starting to block out, out, out their time. And then you realize then you, when everybody in your company is looking at and prioritizing their time in a certain way, then that becomes a cultural thing. Like, Hey, this is just what we do here. One of the first things you're going to learn if you work here is like, you got to identify what I would call your Q2 activities. That comes from Covey's book, uh, your Q2 activities. And man, you got to get that blocked on the schedule because every team member has their three or four Q2 activities. It's on the it's on the calendar. Then they've got their Q1 activities, the things that they need to do. And you better put some open time in there because, and I use this quote from Mike Tyson all the time. This speaks to your point about open time from before was uh, he's got that famous quote that's been said everywhere. You know, everybody has a plan if they get punched in the mouth. And that's the, the problem with making it a schedule or a calendar as soon as you make it. As soon as you make it, it changes. Yeah. That's yeah, a reality. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you, in order to be successful at managing your time, you just have to be real and saying, this plan that I have for today or this week is going to, something's going to get, something's going to happen to blow it up. So I'm going to plan for when this thing gets blown up, I can shift these blocks of time around. But next week, I'm not rethinking the whole week. I'm dropping back into my default week. Yeah, I love that. So, so let's talk about open time a little bit more. How yeah. how much of it do you try to plan into the week for you know those types of things? And then, if the schedule goes as planned, how do you best utilize open time? Well, the first thing I will the first, where it really starts is prioritizing the chunks or the roles or the different kind of mindsets that I have to switch from. So, for example, in uh, when I was running a trim and millwork company as a COO. I, I had my time blocked out on Monday mornings for proposals and estimates. And again, for me, 
that Monday mornings were a little bit quieter. And I didn't have subcontractors calling and all. And th- but that's also because we set them up. We set our guys up on Friday afternoon. So they all, it all kind of leads one another. But for example, I'm doing estimates and proposals on Monday morning from like eight o'clock to maybe noon then. And then I would take a break from that and I would check my email. So I'm not checking any email at all Monday morning. And I'm, I'm saving an hour at lunchtime to do that. And then I would get back into um, either estimates and proposals. And then Tuesday morning, knowing that sometimes it would, you know, if I ran over some time, then I'd put a block of time on Tuesday morning just in case. If what I had planned on Monday, because I'm taking a deep dive into all of that kind of stuff, I'd leave that, for, I'd leave that for open time so that I didn't wreck the rest of the week. But then I also knew like, hey, I by, I don't know, whatever it was, 10 o'clock Tuesday morning, that's when I started doing site visits or other meetings. So I kind of had a hard stop there. And then I would take a look at other chunks of time. Like if I was out in the field doing site visits, um, then that left itself for a bunch of over, o- open time, depending on drive times and all that. So I would just leave a big block and I would say, okay, if, if I don't have a lot of site visits to do, then I always look to the next period of time to say, hey, what, what was that? Or what, what am I going to work on? Can I get ahead on that? Plug that in. And then I've got an open time there. But usually for me in the office, it was around crunching numbers. So whether it was estimates and proposals or towards the end of the week, it was doing financial review. If I didn't get all of the invoicing done and reviewed, because we had a hard stop like Friday mornings, that's when invoices went out. So if I didn't get through all of that stuff on Thursday, I needed to make sure to have an open block of time on Friday and sometimes the other things that happened during the week would push my invoicing time to Friday morning. And I'm like, Oh, great. We can still meet our deadline. Um, and so I just, I'm kind of looking at my hard stops and my deadlines backing out from that, giving myself a little bit of buffer to get punched in the face and then prioritizing the other blocks of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's structured enough that you're hitting all your important things, but it's still got the flexibility to deal with the reality of just stuff changing and and stuff happening. Yeah. And it does change. It will change every week. And so you just have to plan for it. And that's where, when I, when I teach this, that is the biggest hindrance for most people is they get it. It's kind of like profit first. Like we were talking about rule number three, you got to start small. Like people get profit first and they're like, Oh, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go put 10% because Sean said so in a profit account, you've never made 10%. You're going to, it's going to, your system's not going to work. Same thing with block scheduling and design what I call designing your ideal week is you just start off with one block of time and, gotcha. and practice that for six to eight weeks. And then you add another block of time. And then you start, then when you start viewing your calendar and these blocks of time of very, uh, you know, the most important things that you need to do, then that you'll just see the open time appears. And then you're doing time, the urgent things that you still, you know, we still got to deal with crate, crying babies and putting out fires, <laughs> then you fill that time in around your most important stuff. And when you get focused, like, like you had said, you'll find that you'll get more done in less time. And some of the stuff, when you fill up the calendar, you're just like, I don't have time for that anymore. Guess what? Yeah. Forget it. <laughs> you don't do it. Or yeah. you say, that's what I need to be delegating. You know, my Q3, something that is not important, uh, is urgent, but not important. Something that maybe that you need to delegate. It may become, 
an employee or a team member's most important thing that they need to work on. So that's another way to kind of identify by blocking these things out and saying, well, I don't have any time left. Yeah. So all of that other stuff you got to do, guess what? Somebody else has got to do it and you can make it their most important task. And they're going to have more time to focus on it because the time you're trying to do it is inefficient anyway. Yeah. You know, and, and as you were saying that, it just made me think back. I just um, had put somebody in our operations role basically last year. And, you know, we had outlined, you know, duties, responsibilities and goals and, and within about, you know, six or eight months, like they're doing that role, like two X or three X the level I was because time you know, and just time and energy and you're wearing multiple hats. And so, um, you know, to your point, like you discover very quickly what those things are that need to be delegated and then it's their most important. So it happens usually faster, better, all those things than what, what you're giving it. Cause you're giving it just enough to, you know, get by. <laughs> just par- It's Parkinson's law, just yeah. enough time. It's squeezed, it's crunched. We're not focused on it and we're just getting it done. And when you can delegate that to somebody that has, can, that can focus their, their time on it more then it, then it becomes more efficient. And for those of you that are on, um, that are on Spencer's team that are listening to this and he walks out of here and just goes and assign you, signs you a bunch of tasks that he doesn't want to do anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and apologize for that up front. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say, come to you, not to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. They can call oh, me, oh, okay. but phone calls are distractions. They're going right, to go right. straight to voicemail. Yeah. Just send him a DM on Instagram. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's good. Um, and so I, I'm curious, well, first, just a recap, start small, you know, like you said, you know, block off one chunk and then implement that. I think you said six to eight weeks, you know, but make it a habit and then layer in those chunks. And that's goes back to the other episodes with the other things we've been talking about is just like start somewhere, build the habit and then build on it and you'll be there before you know it, but just work the process. Uh, but the question I want to get to next was, okay, so you're blocking all these things for your work schedule. Do you also, is your family personal, and work schedule just all integrated then and you're using that same system there? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, there's the, you know, everybody talks about work-life balance and I heard this from, I think it was Tony Robbins that said, work-life balance is a load of crap. It's work-life integration. And especially if you own the business, then uh, you ha- you should have the freedom to integrate that a little bit. And so like we, we had talked about before, like if you're going out on a sales call and you're going to go out on Wednesday evening, I'm only going to do that on Wednesday evenings because, you know, we don't have karate and jujitsu with the kiddos. Like I'm just not going to miss that. So I'm not available for late calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's one of those things where, you know, I got it. You got to integrate the personal stuff because if you don't, then, then it's all going to blow up anyway. Like we can all just work more and fill up our time with work. But especially if you own the business, you got to create a little bit of, you know, what I'm saying, downtime, not even just open time, but downtime away from the business and have that strategically planned. And, and you've got the freedom to do it if you own the business. So, Hey, I don't know, every fourth Monday you work from home and the people know why it's not just like, Oh, Spencer's goofing off or whatever, that's his plan downtime that he uses to think and vision, you know, for the business. And maybe that's, maybe that comes from spending time with your family or whatever that is. And then they, they see you the next Monday and they come in and you're like ready to execute on new things. They're going to understand, like, we're not going to interrupt 
that personal time or that open time or whatever that is, uh, because we see the results of that on the on the back end. So yeah, I I just integrate all of it, especially we we have to with five yeah, kids. We we'll leave somebody like you know we'll get in trouble with the law around here if <laughs> you know if we abandon the kids somewhere uh, just simply because we forgot. So sometimes my wife and I, I mean, we are like. I'm, I'm pulling in the driveway and she's pulling out. I don't, you know, she's got some kids and, and, uh, there's hopefully a, you got the rest of them. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ho- I hope so. I even had that conversation with her last night. We were coordinating and I said, okay. I said, so I just need to show up home with four kids. Right. And she was like, yeah, per- preferably our four boys. I was like, okay, but any four, yeah, you know, and I'll, <laughs> let's be clear. Right. So, yeah, that's um, awesome. and, and when you, when you give yourself to permission as the business owner to integrate, work and life, um, it just becomes simpler. And, but the, the thing is you need to tell your people why, even if you're a small company, tell your customers, they will appreciate it. Hey, can't, you know, can't meet you here. If you set them up with the right expectations, um, you know, Fridays, this is for example, Fridays, we're not going to be here on the job site. That doesn't mean that your project isn't being worked on we're working on your project in the office. We're working on invoicing. We're working on, you know, whatever else. And this is how we, you know, take care of the business. Now there may be some people out there on the site, but you're not going to see me. There's nothing magical about working Monday through Friday. So if you tell your customers, Hey, on Friday, this is when, you know, especially for small business owners that are out there listening, as long as you are taking care of them and you set proper expectations, I'll find, I find that, yeah, people are okay with it. And your customers will actually appreciate it because they know they've dealt with other small business owners that just work all the time. They never answer their phone calls. Their invoices are always messed up. They're always tired and they're always last minute sort of thing. So be one of those business owners that like, yeah, we're small. We're okay with our smallness. But one way that we serve our clients is that I'm not going to be here on Friday. And they'll be like, okay. And as long as the quality and the service is there, they won't care. Yeah. As long as that, yeah, they're all about the end result. And and I love this concept because uh, I had heard a few years ago, somebody was talking about, um, I think a lot of business owners, you feel guilty almost if you're not putting in a certain number of hours and, and it's all in our own head. So it could be, you know, 50, 60, 70, whatever, you know, we grew up with, maybe your, you know, parents worked a lot or somebody in your family did, um, but what I found is that, you know, other things that you do in your life, like going to the gym or working out or reading uh, self-development books or listening to those things, like those things, like an hour spent on one of those activities might be worth four, just grinding it out, checking more emails and doing random junk at the office. And so um, that switch helped me a lot. Just get over it. There's a difference between hours in and effectiveness. And that's kind of what you're talking about in terms of recharge, like pick a day where you're just going to recharge and then you come in Monday and you're on fire, you know, and you get twice as much done. So uh, I love the the integration piece versus the balance piece. Yeah. And I I have talked to so many, so many construction business owners and I've heard this uh, all, all the time is like they, they send their families on vacation, but they stay and work. And I'm like, listen, Listen, the last time that you did that, and it's usually not, you know, it's not an isolated incident. I'm like, the last time you did that, did it grow your business? Are you any further along? And I apply that to like, oh, you know, we got to work on Saturdays. Okay, you always work on Saturdays. Is working Saturdays, did it, 
is it helping you level your business up? If it is, I mean, there's, there's those times we bring in the whole team, we accomplish something and we achieve a goal because we need to do that for this project or for our business. But like, if it becomes a standard sort of way, then it's just not very effective. And what I, and I've had to teach myself this because I love to work. I love what I do and I work all the time. But what I have learned is that now downtime man, I am down. Like yeah. <laughs> you're not going to hear from me. I'm not going to check emails. And like the last time that we went on a, on a family trip, I was like, I'm not even, I'm not even posting stuff on Instagram, not even like little personal stuff. Like I was down, I was detached and it was so wonderful and so recharging to come back into that. So I just say, you know, if you're struggling with it be like, Oh, Sean, I can't take off this time or I got to send my family out on vacation. Just ask yourself the last time you worked like that, did it level up your business? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and guys, yeah, as we wrap this, this show, you know, just remember, you know, starting small, you know, like Sean said, pick one block of time and just build on that. And it all starts with the important items that you need to get done. And, uh, and then you'll just start chipping away and you'll make progress. But Sean, any last thoughts or words on uh, effective time management or if you had it your way, time prioritization, which just yeah. doesn't quite have that, that ring. No, it does. That's why I don't like to say it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So if you're in the to-do list mode or whatever, make a list of all of the important things that you need to get done and then cut the list by, you know, t- cut 75% of it out because it, not everything can be important. There's only, a, there's only a few things that are important and boil it, boil it down to that one thing. This is what I do every morning. I say, okay, what's the one thing that I need to get done today? Now, doesn't mean that I don't get other things done. What's the one thing? So just start there by, you want to make your list and, and, and feed that dopamine. Go ahead and make your list, but then figure out one thing and start there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, guys, for for tuning in. Uh, Again, this is episode four of Profit First for Contractors, season one on Builder Funnel Radio. Sean, thanks for joining me. uh, Thanks, Spencer. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you guys uh, for episode five. That'll be our final episode. See you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.